Our first reading is from the prophet Malachi. See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, indeed he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like a fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the descendants of Levi, and refine them like gold and silver, until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in the former years. The word of the Lord. A reading from Paul's letter to the Philippians. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you, because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you, because you hold me in your heart. For all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness. How long, how I long for all of you with the compassion of Jesus Christ. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you to determine what is best, so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight. And the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. From the fourth and sixth verses of the third chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke, which are themselves derived from the third and fifth verses of the 40th chapter of the prophet Isaiah. Prepare the way of the Lord, 
make his path straight, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. This is a great occasion here in Ascension Church, a great occasion here uh, in our diocese. Um, This is, of course, my annual visitation to Ascension, uh, always a great joy for the bishop. It's also the day on which we ordain a priest and make another of the company of elders um, for the work of ministry in this diocese. But it's also, of course, one of those great um, Sundays of Advent um, when the music like that last hymn um, really, I mean, it, it's a medieval dance tune. I mean, it's just, it, they're wonderful lessons and wonderful messages and the readings today are just so filled with things about which one could preach and the temptation would be to preach at least three sermons Um, I'll try only to preach one Um, uh, but I I would say as I I begin that um, from the prophet Malachi um, I, I can't spend time on Malachi today, but if you want to spend time with Malachi, uh, later on this afternoon, I mean, after you've watched the Steelers, um, <laughs> you know, put, 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 put on your, your, your CD of the Messiah and listen to the Christmas portion, and you'll have that wonderful bit about the refiner's fire, and that passage from Malachi will, will come alive in a new way. Um, the, the prophet Malachi, the whole of the book from beginning to end is about giving the Lord the right kinds of offerings. And I know here in Ascension this year you've actually taken another verse from another part of the third chapter of the prophet Malachi when the, the, the Lord invites his people to test him, to, to, to give him their tithes. And see if he doesn't open the windows of heaven. And I just say to the people gathered here, I know there are a lot of folks not only from Ascension Church, but from Fox Chapel and from other churches uh, in the diocese, um, give him what is his due and see if he does not open the windows of heaven. I'll just say one more thing about that. I've never met a former tither. I've never met a person who once started to tithe who hasn't continued. See if the Lord doesn't open the windows of heaven no matter how little or how much you have. Give him right offerings. The the epistle reading for today Again, it's a, it's a great temptation for the preacher, uh, especially given the relationship that your bishop has with Ascension Church. Uh, Paul, in, particularly in the first chapter of the letter to the Philippians, uh, expresses both his supreme confidence in the trustworthiness of the salvation of Jesus Christ. He also expresses his extraordinary affection for the congregation at Philippi. He 
he's found them, as he says, to be partners in the gospel. He says that they have actually shared with him not only in the proclamation of the gospel, but also in his suffering. And I would be remiss not to say how appreciative I am of this congregation for your bold stand and your willingness to suffer whatever it is to stand for what's right and true in God's word. I remember you every time I say my prayers with thanksgiving for our partnership in the gospel. And I am confident that the Lord who has begun a good work in you will bring it to perfection, as Paul says, through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. But that's not what I want to preach on. (laughs) And you'll, you'll discover more and more as you have the privilege of open up, opening up the word of God that just how much is there and how inexhaustible a source it is. And you'll always have to say your prayers to ask, what is it, Lord, that you want to say this day to this people when there's so much that could be said? And I think what the Lord wants us to focus on today really is from uh, John's preaching In the third chapter of Luke, which, of course, is, uh, as the the evangelist himself says, is John takes the words of the prophet Isaiah. um, When Isaiah speaks to the people of God and, and says, prepare in the wild place a highway for our God. Let every, let, let, let every valley be exalted, be filled up, and every mountain, let it be cut down, and let all the rough places be made um, smooth, and the crooked ways straight, and there'll be a highway, and all of God's people will see the salvation of God. It's a marvelous picture And and what I want us to think about are are the two parts of what it is John proclaims and which Isaiah has proclaimed before him. The, The getting ready the building of a highway and and how that highway is built. Because in and to all my brothers and sisters who are here who are in the sacred ministry, your task and the task of our people is always to be building highways for God that the people can come along so that they can see what God has for them. That, that they can be completed with what God has in mind for them. Now, um, when John announces Jesus, um, he announces it with a call for a a baptism of repentance. If you will, it's as though there are, for God's people, these great mountains of sin 
that stand in the way of a relationship with their Father, with their God. And these great mountains of sin have to be leveled out in order for God's people to get from where they are to where God is, to where God wants them to be, to have unfettered, unobstructed access to God's grace. And brothers and sisters, our sins, the things that we do that are against the will of God, they get in the way of our relationship with our God. And they have to be taken down. And it's the church's work, in fact, to take those mountains of sin down. Remember back to those words of Jesus on Easter when he breathes on his apostles. He says, peace, my peace, I give to you. And then he says, Whosoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. And whose you retain, they are retained. The church, brothers and sisters, has the power to take down the mountains or to leave them in place. And it's especially the work of priests to absolve the people of their sins. And These mountains of sin that separate us from seeing the salvation of our God are mountains that we may have put up or that others may have put up. Just this last week, I was visiting in the refugee camps on the Myanmar border, just across the river Um, that separates Myanmar, which many of us know as Burma, from Thailand. Um, These are people which, since the Second World War, have been in in these camps such a great long time. These, These are Burmese who can't return to Burma, who have no no nation. They can't leave the camps because they're not Thai citizens. They can't go back to Burma. They're trapped and at the mercy of those who bring relief to them. They're there in the camps largely because the Karen people were actually allies of the British during the Second World War, but at the end, the majority Burmese population um, took a role in relationship to the British, and the British abandoned their long relationship with the Karen, and the Karen wound up as the minority, the insurgents, and wound up in the camps. You see, it's the sin of others who actually sometimes puts up the mountains that separates God's people from their God. So who's going to take the mountains down? In the world in which we live, there are so many children in this land who have never known the consistent love of a father. And yet we preach a gospel that's about a loving father. And who's a loving father when you've never known one? 
And how could it be that you could come to believe in a gospel where a loving father sends his son to take away the separation that's between us and that father? Except others who take the place of fathers that should have been. So that being loved near at hand, one can imagine that one could be loved by the creator of all things. Who'll take down the mountains or fill up the valleys? Again, it tends to be that when it's our sin, it's the mountains, and when it's the sin of others, it's the valleys that keep us from getting to the other side of the chasm. And it's the church's work. It's the body of Christ, just as it was Jesus himself who fills in the valleys who takes down the mountains, who makes the rough places plain, who straightens out what's crooked. And brothers and sisters, the work of the prophet and the work of God's people, those who have come to know the goodness of the Lord, to share that goodness with others, not because we are good, but because he is good. We've seen the salvation of God. We know the love of God. So who's going to love those who do not love themselves or experience themselves as unloved in order that they might know love and see the salvation of our God? I met a wonderful young man. I figure that he was in his 20s. His name was James um, in this horrible camp at Mela, where there are three Anglican parishes, Emmanuel and Trinity and St. John's. And we met in the Emmanuel boarding house, which takes care of 23 boys and girls in their teenage years who have no one else to take care of them. And this young man named James I asked him why he'd come into the camp to do this. He's, a, he, he, he's, he's one of the, the Karen, and he said, Well, I, I, I've come because I know the joy of the Lord, and I want to share the joy of the Lord with them. And this young man is like an older brother to them, loving them in a way that perhaps makes possible them understanding that they can be loved. And that there's a God who loves in an even greater way by the gift of his son who wipes out all the separation that's between us and our God. Our God's purpose in sending the prophets was to preach a message of repentance for our sins and the sins of others, of turning around, of getting right, of making the rough places plain and the crooked straight and the valleys filled up and the mountains brought down so that there's just a mighty highway where all 
can pass over and see the salvation of our God. Brothers and sisters, this is the work of the church. This is the work of her ministers. This it is to be the body of Christ in this season in order that all might see the salvation of our God. Prepare the way of the Lord and you and all the others. Make straight his paths and all flesh this is the promise and all flesh shall see the salvation of our God. Amen.